It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Answer. Yes. Touchdown. Did he get it? All right. Hour number two on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker. Eric Franson is still a little, he's still around. Still <laughs> gloating about his, uh, Pick six win. He, he finally did it. <sighs> At last. It's been since June. At last. This is, it's been really weird. Yeah, really, yeah. really weird. Yeah, I, I've got a gift for him. <laughs> I I need something special for you. That is an <laughs> unprecedented string of success. I know I gave you some fancy chocolates from San Francisco. Yeah, you did. But I, like, you deserve more than that. Yeah. <laughs> for that, that was a, that was a great run. How about some old grist mill bread? Ooh. And that's a nice segue into what we need to do today. The, we're going to call for the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game from Skyview's game against... Uh, Mountain Ridge. Mountain Ridge. I was thinking Rigby, but I thought it was somebody else. So a game against Mountain Ridge. So they, they did this. So go ahead and call in if you remember what the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game was. From Skyview's game this past Friday. Yeah, I know it's a, it's Tuesday today, so it's a little more time has passed, and you had the Labor Day holiday weekend. Maybe you forgot, but four three five seven five two one zero six nine to call in. And remember, if you've uh, recently won, you need to wait thirty days before you can call and try to win again. But uh, it was an interesting weekend for Region Eleven high school football. Uh, honestly, kind of a really kind of a tough weekend. Yes. Uh, there was an exciting finish, a close game in Millville with uh, Ridgeline and Minico from, from Idaho. But other than that, rough weekend for uh, Region 11 high school football. Uh, Logan goes down to Woods Cross and loses 45-21. to Skyview lost to Mountain Ridge 13-3. to Morgan blanks Green Canyon 24 to nothing. Box Elder beats Bear River. In their big rivalry, 29 to 13. Bonneville blanks Mountain Crest, 27 to nothing. Uh, wow, it was a rough Friday night for high school football. Now, Ridgeline did beat Minico, 21 to 20. Now, one of the things that we're seeing, and I, I, I tweeted this out, you know, rough weekend for Region 11, and I had a few people responding back. And it, there are, we're seeing some some injuries in Region 11, and that's tough at the high school level. There is a big difference when you have one or, or two of your key playmakers out. That really makes a big difference at the high school level. And unfortunately, we're seeing some of that. We've seen some position changes or changes in who is the, the you know starters. Uh, these coaching staffs are trying to figure out who they have. And, uh, and now region play gets underway coming up on Friday. And we'll get into more of that. But um, you know, Preston lost over the weekend. Uh, but there are a few others who did from around here who did win. Westside beat Leighton Christian. Rich beat uh, Water, Water Canyon in a big way. Malad and Bear Lake also picked up wins. But uh, for Region 11, it was kind of a rough uh, rough Friday night. 
But uh, again, we're we're calling out the uh, bread and butter play of the game from that Skyview game in which they went down to Mountain Ridge. They lost thirteen to three, but there were some exciting plays there for the Bobcats. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. I think we may have a winner here, Jason. We did. We did. I silenced myself. It's not just Eric turning off my <laughs> mic. Well, I turned it off so I could talk on the phone. Uh, we did have one call in. Debbie was correct in guessing what the bread and butter play of the game was. It was a 51-yard run by Michael Ferguson on the second quarter. So she wins the, I believe it's four loaves. Four loaves of bread. bread. You forgot to tell me exactly how we give we uh, give that to him, so I wasn't actually able to tell her. Oh, uh, my assume. bad. Yeah, so we have the certificate. Hopefully Debbie is listening. But uh, the certificate is here at our radio stations. And just come by during regular office hours. We'll make sure we give it to our folks up front. They'll put your name on it. And, uh, I do and have a phone number. I do have a contact, We do have so. a way to verify who you are. And if, if, if she isn't listening, we can we can let her know. So I want to make sure we get that. Yes, so 810, West, 810 West, 200 North, here in Logan. Come by and uh, get your certificate for some free bread. Yeah, Good stuff. I'm going to have to try. You know, I, you know, because I do the giveaway on KVNU for the Logan games, I Get to tell everybody, all right, you can get your free bread, but I've I've never got to try this bread. Oh, it's so good. So. And varieties too. A lot of different varieties there. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, I go there to get sandwiches. I go to the deli and while I'm waiting for my sandwich, I like sample the different types of bread. It's one of my favorite things to do. Lather it up with some butter. Yeah, mm. I need to go there because I'm trying to eat healthier, so instead of eating a McDonald's, <laughs> I can go to Old Grizzly. Yeah, there you go. Get some, choice. get some healthier, maybe more natural stuff. Yes. Um, so we've got a lot of texts that have been coming in. We have, we we're going to try and finish them all off in the last hour, and then they kept coming in, so we're going to get to more of those. Um, hopefully I'm not uh, missing any of these. Um, but 9952 says, guess I was optimistic with 60 to 13, but like the excitement and work put in through the entire game, not sure why OC was running the ball up the middle. None of us are really sure. We have theories... But in the end, we're just wondering what the heck's going on. Okay, so uh, to that point, I mean, <coughs> 9952 does make a point that, that Blake alludes to as well, and the, like the excitement and work put in. And so there were some positives that did come from the game, and Coach Anderson praised his team and their effort. And so there were, you know, there were some good things that happened. They don't always show in a box score. Coaches will see certain things that we as fans won't because, I mean, they know what they're trying to call. They know what players are supposed to be doing. So even if it is a conservative game plan, they can see how their players are executing that plan. So they'll see things that we don't. But Coach did talk about that there were some good things. It wasn't all bad. You wanted the positives or the team effort cut? Uh, your choice. Dealer's choice. All right. I'll, I'll do this one then, see if I can get it right. Uh, we did get out of the game healthy in the sense of just bumps and bruises. Uh, we we pulled Logan fairly early. He did get dinged, but he's fine, structurally fine, sore, going to be sore for a couple days. The fans sitting there watching TV, he's not going to notice, but as you as you play the game, we made him um, – their leading rusher in the first half was a quarterback escaping the pocket. And, and um, when when you play them and they're handing it off to, to two really, really talented running backs, but but we're making – we're making the quarterback move to change with his feet. There's a positive there. We were tackling well. We did make them earn the yards they got. We defended. I know we got a couple calls that didn't go our way, but we defended in some one-on-one situations well. 
They had to extend plays and, and scramble to create some of their most explosive plays. You know, again, the scoreboard doesn't show it, but we did play more physically, more violent, more soundly defensively in most areas in this particular game. And we had less yard, uh, lost yardage plays offensively. We didn't have a sack. We didn't have a turnover. And we had less lost yardage plays. We didn't gain as much as we did the week before and clearly didn't get it in the end zone. But there were a lot of very, um, very positive things that did happen that will help us down the road if we can continue to build on them. This is real quick about playing the wrong clip. I'm still working the board, trying to learn how to work the board. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eric has now just he's had to dip out because um, he's going to go up to Utah State's practice. He's been doing that last few weeks just to get some player audio, and their practices end around 5:30, and so he's you know 5:30 to 5:45 ish. So he's got to dip out, and so we'll have that player audio for you tomorrow. We'll get maybe some more reactions from Alabama, but probably more forward looking to Weber State is we're going to start diving into our Weber State preview. We'll be able to just put this game behind us and say it happened. Utah State lost to Alabama 55-0, to and it'll just become a thing that we put in the almanac and hopefully forget about. Obviously, we're still going to talk about it today. We're going to get to more of your reactions. Um, but, yeah, Anderson did you know, note a lot of the positive things that happened, and we've kind of gone over them. Didn't give up a sack. Didn't have a turnover. Yes, they didn't throw the ball very much, but they didn't fumble the ball. You know, in a really good defense like Alabama, you know, not fumbling the ball. They fumbled it twice against UConn that I remember, two or three times. Um, but didn't fumble it, you know, with all the runs they did. Didn't throw an interception. Even playing, you know, Lega, who's still a pretty inexperienced quarterback, had only thrown like 20 passes in Division One to, to the point where, he, you know, he stepped onto the field against Alabama. Then Levi Williams can be an inaccurate passer, and with all those guys, and Bonner sometimes being prone to, to throwing interceptions like he was last year, he threw like 12 of them. No interceptions, no fumbles, no sacks. Uh, you know, they, they had some tackles for loss. Um, they had five tackles for loss, including Daniel Grishik's sack. You know, they, they did get a sack on Bryce Young, maybe could have had a couple more um, because they were able to pressure him and move him, but, you know, he was able to escape because he's Bryce Young. He's a really athletic quarterback. Um, so overall, there were some, some positives. A lot more of them were on defense as I've kind of gone over where I feel like there's positives I can draw from the defense, uh, more so than the offense, but there even were some small positives on offense, no major injuries. Uh, and again, no turnovers. They're small victories, but when you get blown out 55 to zero, these are the small victories you have to cling to. Um, We'll also play this clip about the team effort, um, just Anderson's thoughts on how they played, and hopefully it's the right clip that ends up actually playing. Uh, the scoreboard doesn't, I think, reflect just how hard our guys did play. I'm not disappointed in our guys at all. Uh, I've had a chance to watch it and, and review it. Uh, they played hard. Our effort level was through the roof. They matched the intensity uh, that was in the, in the stadium, which is asking a lot. We played twitchy and violent in, in some areas. Uh, I know, again, it doesn't show up on the scoreboard, but it, you know, we didn't give up a sack. We didn't turn the ball over. We created a turnover, uh, really two when you consider the block punt. So 
we did some good things, and, and that happened because guys did play hard, played 60 minutes, played twitchy, played violent where they could. At the end of the day, it's just a matchup problem for us. We, we just don't physically match up with that, that roster right now, and a lot of people are not going to. Yeah, so there was, you know, Anderson did praise his team's effort in a lot of ways. I felt like the defense really gave effort. You know, it, it's harder to speak to the offensive effort because we say, oh, well, they just didn't play very well. You know, maybe they're still playing hard. Obviously, they tried at times. And late in the game, they were starting to do some things. So there was effort from both sides of the ball, just probably a lack of execution. And part of that lack of execution would have been, well, they're completely outmatched in a lot of ways. So, of course, there's going to be some uh, some lack of execution. Um, more texts, more of your reactions. Uh, 6211. Says I was at the game Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Hope you enjoyed the trip. Uh, I couldn't believe how conservative the offensive uh, couldn't believe how conservative the offensive play calling it was. The first play of the game was a nice sideline pass to Cobbs. Other than that, nothing. Not one time did we throw the ball over the middle. I guess we just didn't want to get hurt. It's like we didn't even try. And yeah, that that's something that we've been going over. We had a lot of that in the first hour. I had my rant about how it you know why would you not want to try in these first few games. It doesn't make sense to me. I can understand the logic, but to me, you're here to play football. And it's an entertainment product. Entertain the fans. Um, Like I said, if this ends up working, if this gamesmanship of don't tip your hand until you play BYU or UNLV works, then I'll back off and say, you were right, and I'll I'll eat my crow and humble pie and, and, and be fine with it. It just doesn't make sense even though this is like the only explanation where you know Utah State, you know the coaching staff doesn't come out as incompetent because if this is actually them trying, really trying, really trying to think through, trying to be galaxy brain on offense, then they're failing spectacularly. But if this is just them saying, "All right, we're going to play conservative," and you know, yes, it's going to kind of hurt you know, how we look. We're not going to look very good, but we'll be able to beat UConn. Yeah, we'll get our butts kicked by Alabama. We'll come out healthy for the most part. And they came out pretty much entirely healthy. No major injuries, just some bumps, bruises, and a swollen knee for Logan Bonner. And if they do the same against Weber State, just get a win, be conservative, go into the bye week, and then maybe against UNLV start really unrolling things. You know, that's at least there's at least a logical through line to that. I may not have as much respect for that because I I just want to say just play football. But that's the only explanation where you can say Utah State knows what they're doing. Because if it's any other explanation, then that means the coaching staff is incompetent right now. Which is a really weird thing to think considering how good they were last year on offense and on defense at times, especially late in the year on defense. So it's just weird to see how we've completely flipped to saying, all right, they were great last year. They had a good offense. Good job by the offensive coordinator. Spectacular coaching job by Blake Anderson. Should have been Mountain West Coach of the Year. Was like a Coach of the Year candidate on a national level in some ways. And then suddenly that coaching staff goes from super confident to what the heck are they doing? It's just a really weird flip for this coaching staff to see them go from that to this year. Uh, 
5080 says, what was the final spread of the game? Looked like Coach didn't want to score any points, even at the end with a field goal. Um, I mean, I think the, the point spread was 41 and a half. Obviously, the final score was well above that. Um, and as far as the field goal, there are a lot of people questioning that. And Anderson was asked about that after the game. Uh, and he did, have, he did have a response for it. His main thing was, and I'll try and paraphrase it, basically was a field goal wasn't going to do any good for anybody. He didn't have... He clearly didn't have the same thought process as a lot of the fans or even myself, the just don't get shut out. Anderson clearly didn't think that <laughs> didn't think that way, which is fine. It's not that I think he's wrong. It's just a different line of thinking. He was looking more towards the what can we get out of this rather than, you know, not getting shut out for the first time since 2007. So to me, even though I probably would have kicked a field goal, but again, I'm not a Division I coach. He was being forward-thinking, um, and, and so I have to kind of give him credit. It's like, he doesn't care what the fans think on that case. And a lot of times, when you're a coach, you have to just ignore what the fans are saying or what radio people like me are saying. Ignore what we say about, you know, you don't want to get shut out. You can't get shut out at any cost. Even if you go conservative on, you know, it's like a fourth and, fourth and I think medium or fourth and long. I can't remember the distance. But he wanted to get something more out of it than just, oh, I didn't get shut out. So I know not a lot of people were happy about that. They wanted to see a field goal. So they, instead of 55-0, it was 55-3, which feels better because you don't have a goose egg on your end of the scoreboard. Um, but, I, you know, again, I may disagree somewhat with Anderson, but I can respect his logic and what he was trying to do. He had a real reason for not wanting to kick a field goal there. Uh, five three three eight. Um, let's see. Uh, was this earlier text? I'm trying to figure out uh when these texts came through because I think you had several of these. Um, yeah, five three three. It looks like you had a lot of these. I don't know. Some of those were Saturday. Um, so I think this is the first one. It's a long one. Because what irks me is the Aggies are the defending champions of the best G five conference in the country last year. Kind of debatable with Cincinnati and all that. Uh, and they can't manage one measly point against Alabama. I wonder if there was even a game plan constructed to try to win that game. I agree with what Eric said on the post-game show. Uh, Aggie players were listening to how overpowering Alabama is all week and were mentally defeated before even stepping foot on the field. I've heard Coach Anderson say a couple of times that if the expanded playoff format was in effect last year, the Aggies would have been the CFP. Also, next year's preseason schedule doesn't look like an improvement to this year's. Will the Aggies be able to replace by with a quality opponent. Um, yeah, that's, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, I don't know if I agree with all of it where, like, you know, last... Um, I don't think Utah State would have been in the CFP if, with the expanded playoff format because, again, Cincinnati was a G5 uh, conference winner because I believe the one they're looking at is, like, the top six conference winners. Like, in terms of rank, and Cincinnati was the highest-ranked G5 team, a conference champion. So, the, I don't think the Aggies would have been in the CFP, especially because they weren't ranked in the top 25 at all. Um, and I haven't looked at next year's schedule, so I can't... I, I, 
can't really comment on that. But yeah, in some terms of some of the other things you said, where Utah State, you know, it felt like maybe they didn't want to be there. You know, maybe some of the players were think were mentally defeated. I can't speak to that because all I've been able to hear is from the coaches, and so I may be reading into it more that the coaches didn't want to be there. That's because I have some evidence where I feel like I can maybe say that. I can't really say that about the players. Um, obviously, we can theorize by that and throw that out, but I like to have some evidence. Maybe the evidence is just the on-field play, where you can say they didn't play, so they were mentally defeated. You could argue that. Um, but for me, I can at least somewhat confidently theorize that maybe Blake Anderson and his coaching staff didn't want to be there based on the way they talked and what they said before and after the game. Um, five three three eight again. A lot more text. He says apparently Colorado State was played or was paid one point eight million dollars to visit Ann Arbor, uh, playing Michigan. Uh, lost fifty one seven. I think it was fifty one seven. Uh, and yeah, so the it it pays to get your butt kicked by these by these top ten teams or these top tier teams, in a lot of cases. And this fuels the budgets. Of a lot of teams, I think I saw somebody post Kent State schedule, and they were playing like two or three of these buy games, where they were probably going to end up with like three to four million dollars. They didn't post like the rumored amounts they were getting paid. They just posted they're playing like three Power Five teams, and you know it's Kent State, so these are buy games. And it's like, yeah, they're going to start zero and four, or maybe one and three if one of those preseason opponents was a was like an FCS team. Maybe they'll be one and three, but like some teams, that's how they fund their athletic departments. They they start the season one and three or zero oh and four, and that's their entire ten million dollar budget, or most of it. You know, for Utah State, it's more of a supplemental thing, just a little bit extra on the top, helps them pay the coaches a little bit more. You know, more money for the the assistant coaches. You know, you know a bigger pool to use for the assistant coaches. Just adds a little more on the top. Um, and 5 through 3 again with another text says, I also wonder how Saturday's performance is going to affect ticket sales uh, for the rest of the season. It can't help. It's not going to help. Uh, there's not nearly as much excitement. Last year you beat Washington State in your opener. Come back, and I think the crowd was decent for the next, uh, it was North Dakota, I believe. I think the crowd was decent for that North Dakota game. Might have been slightly bigger. I, I, I can't remember the, the number, but might have been slightly bigger than what we got for UConn because there was real excitement. It was like they, they beat a Power 5 team on the road. It was like the first time in like 10 years it had been since they beat a Power 5 team or however long it had been. So, yeah, there, there's not going to be as much excitement when they come back for another home game against Weber State. And there may not be much excitement for UNLV. So it... It may hurt ticket sales, but obviously those lost ticket sales made up for by the $1.92 million. Uh, 9315. Um, I, 9315 has a lot of text. I got I to gotta scroll up here. Uh, it says, give Logan some duct tape and bailing twine to survive the whole game. Fixes everything. We're an agricultural university. That was on our topic of you know Logan being injured, maybe nursing his... Uh, his knee injury. Uh, and 9 through and 5 added, all duct, duct tape jokes aside, I think we helped the underclassmen uh, get really good live reps at a great Bama team. And yeah, that was one of the positives that 
that Coach Anderson harped on quite a bit, and you heard him talk about that, where one of the positives was getting live reps for guys who won't get that many live reps this season. And those guys, even if this is like the only game they play this season, they're going to keep their red shirt. With that new rule, if you play in only four games, you keep your red shirt. You can get live reps against Alabama, against a really good team, and still keep your red shirt. So that is, that is a positive. Uh, 9 through 5 continues. He's got like three more texts. It's the only time Eric doesn't silence Jason's mic. He wins pick six. Yeah, Eric finally won pick six. Like I, The first pick six I won was in like late June. And we missed a few weeks kind of in that June, July, so it's not been exactly every week since then. But it had a really good run going, and it finally, it finally fell apart this week. Just, just a couple of bad guesses for me. Uh, and then 9 through 5 could you media members ask offensive coaches why they run up the middle so much in Bama game? Um, I may end up asking them after the Weeb game. If we see another run-heavy game, I will definitely be wanting to ask, like, why are you running the ball exclusively? I kind of asked that after the UConn game in that press conference, where I just asked, hey, you ran the ball a lot. What did you see? And he basically... Uh, Anderson's answer in that press conference, which I almost bought, was, well, that was what they were showing us, so we ran the ball. So, and and I think there's some truth to that, but, you know, teams were maybe playing the pass more because they expected Utah State to pass more, but it's a little too extreme in terms of uh, passing to fully believe that answer. Uh, final text from 9-5 through and five in his string of texts, uh, says, I'm fairly confident that at game nine, we won't have any conversations in the full court press about what is the football coach's thinking. Yes, I, I agree with that. But game nine, or hopefully not. Hopefully, we're not questioned. Because if we are, then that means the season's gone horribly wrong. But I think by then, we'll be seeing Utah State doing what we saw a lot of last season. Okay, final text uh, before we hit a break here. Uh, 2947 says, we needed the money. The, fr- the frustration from all the fans is the obvious lack of effort and no attempt to even play the game. Uh, defense is a somewhat exception. You can you can hear in Anderson's interview, and you can see it in every down. That's the deflating feeling. We'll just have to move on and hopefully pick up an easy two wins in the next couple of games. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much agree with that. It's We expected Utah State to, lo- to lose, but even in that context... It was a bad loss in a lot of ways. And it didn't feel like the coaching staff wanted to be there based on what they said. And maybe even in the players who maybe it rubbed off from the coaches onto the players. So anyway, we're going to take a break. We're running long on this segment. We'll take a break. We'll, uh, and we'll maybe get into some more of the reactions. Uh, I think we're going to play some player audio from Monday. And then we'll also get into some Region 11, uh, get some reactions of how they – how the teams in Region 11 did this past weekend. Uh, So we'll have more of that coming up on the Full Court Press. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. 
Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you warming up, or it's still warm. It'll eventually cool down. But while it's still hot, beat the heat and let them fix or recharge your air conditioner. 435-229-4345. So, kind of give our final thoughts on Alabama. We've had a lot to talk about. Um, We did have uh, another text come in, um, 1570 on our text line. Uh, 435-339-0321. You can chime in, give your Alabama reactions, or we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk <coughs> we're gonna play some audio from Monday, move into region elevens. If you have any thoughts on the region eleven games this past weekend, you can chime in on that or keep going on the Alabama game. I know a lot of you have thoughts. Uh, but one five seven zero says the Alabama game was one hundred percent money driven. Utah State knew they had no chance of even competing in that game, but a basically two million who could blame them. It, it is hard to blame them. Again, money runs college football. It's just how it is. And Utah State's looking at uh, building a big old uh, indoor complex for not only football, but a few of their other sports. they got to fund that somehow. But anyway, we're going to play a couple of audio clips. We're going to start with Ike Larson. Uh, this was him on, uh, on Monday. They had their press conference, and just some of the things uh, he talked about, some from the Alabama game and some from his own you know, good performances. Uh, these first couple of weeks. Ike, Brian Phillips, Big Blue, USU Aggie News. Congratulations on the award this week. 
the it Thank seems you. like the Appreciate more it. you it seems like the more you see the field the more the the better you do the bigger plays you make uh what what's your mindset when you enter the game and, and are ready to get after it um really i'm just trying to um get the opportunity when i do get the opportunity i try to execute um to the best of my ability and just stay ready for the team and for my coaches and try to perform the best that I can. Hey, I Cal Lewis from KVNU. Uh, just wondering what you did last year to get prepared for this year. Obviously, scout squad or helping them and things like that as a redshirt freshman. What did that do to you? Can you talk a little bit about that process and, and the offseason to be able to start to now be a major player? Um, last year was actually a good year for me. I was on scout, so, you know, I was going against um, – DT and Derek Wright and all them, and it actually prepared me a lot. And also just being able to spend the extra time and uh, learning my plays, since I wasn't really doing much during practice. But that's helped me a lot this year because um, now I know what I'm doing, and I can go in the game with confidence and and just I don't know, just confidence in knowing what I got to do and what I got to get done. Is your safety spot? A particular, do you do certain things that the other safety spot doesn't do, or do you play both safety spots, or how does that work? Um, I'm only playing one of the safety spots right now, but they're very similar. So, so what does that safety spot have to do, or what are the specific things that you're really responsible for there? Um, I don't know. We're our defense is really open, but I don't know. I just I just do my job, like I said, do my job when I get the opportunity to. I, Ryan Phillips again. On both of your interceptions this year, it seemed like you kind of covered a little bit of ground to be able to come up with the interceptions. Are I, I know that you were a track star in high school. Are you kind of hanging back and baiting quarterbacks into the throw and then using your speed to catch up? Or, or how are you playing those balls? Um, to be honest, I'm just playing them like I normally do, just get a, get a good read off the quarterback and just go try to make a play on the ball. Ike, Jake Ellis, Utah Statesman. Um, you obviously know some guys on the Weber State roster. Is there some extra weight coming in this game, some bragging rights up for grab? Um, not at all. It's just, you know, it's just another game. I'm excited. We're going to we're gonna do the best we can, game plan them all week, and just hopefully we can come out with a win. Ike, Trentwood with Deseret News. You were offered out of high school by Weber State too, right? Yes, yes sir. What led to you picking Utah State? Uh, I really kind of just wanted to stay home and see how it'd be, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that Weber State had given me too. But I don't know. I just I like the valley. I like the people here. So, have you looked at all yet at at Weber State? Like even yesterday or anything? Do you have any idea about their offense? Looks like it's a team that just likes to run, pass, be multiple. Um, we have not got the opportunity to look at them. We're going to do that today. So I do not have an answer for you. I guess just to react to being freshman of the week and two weeks in a row Aggies, what does that mean to you young guys on this Aggie team? Um, it's great. Um, I give props to the coaches and just all the teammates that uh, have faith in us and you know, just knowing that we will do our job when we get in and just I appreciate everybody that's supporting. Yeah, so that was Ike Larson on Monday in the uh, weekly press conference, the weekly Monday press conference. So, I forgot to mention this before starting it, but Ike Larson was named Freshman of the Week for the Mountain West. Uh, it's the second week in a row that a Utah State player has been named uh, Freshman of the Week for football. They also had a Freshman of the Week in volleyball. 
But for the two weeks of the foot, of the college football season, Utah State has owned both freshmen of the week. Robert Briggs won it for week zero with his 85-yard uh, rushing performance plus the touchdown on like 10 carries. Uh, so he was named freshman of the week for that. And then Ike Larson uh, played a little bit more against Alabama. He only had, I believe, 11 snaps against UConn. Had, I think, 39, if I'm remembering correctly, against Alabama. A lot, of, lot more blowout time. Uh, and, and in those 39 snaps, he actually led Utah State in total tackles. He had seven. Uh, three of those were solo. And he had his second interception of the season. Had one against UConn, which was a bit more dramatic uh, in terms of, you know, how much it meant to basically ice the game. Uh, and Larson also had a QB hit. Um, and it's, and it's kind of interesting because in the first game, in 11 snaps, Ike Larson made four big plays. Three big plays that forced third down stops and the interception. And if I'm remembering correctly, he had a he had like two or three third down stops. He made a tackle on a wide receiver, laid a big hit on a wide receiver. He had a QB hurry on Bryce Young, which ended up forcing an incompletion. That was on third down. And he had the interception. I think he had one other play, um, you know, where he made an impact. So again, in you know, he's not like a starter. You know, he played 11 snaps against UConn, which isn't really a starter. It's kind of like, you know, with the two safety spots, this coaching staff really likes Hunter Reynolds and Gervin Hall, with good reason. Hunter Reynolds is arguably one of the best defenders on this team, really good uh, run-stopping safety. Gervin Hall also, you know, a big hitter, and so they like those two guys. There's a reason they play so much. But Ike Larson's going to force his way into that rotation where he's going to play a little more and more, maybe spell those two. Uh, seems to be... You know, I'd say it's a you know, coverage safety with the two interceptions, but he's also making big plays in terms of stopping the run or getting QB hits or things like that. So he's showing himself to be a very versatile uh, safety. In fact, when you look at the PFF, their data, they have, they have Ike Larson playing most of his snaps at slot corner. But I think that just has more to do with how Ike Larson was lining up, coming down from the safety spot to play like to, to maybe give a sh- – show a man coverage like so it looks like he's playing slot corner but he's really playing safety um so we're gonna play uh another audio from alfred edwards actually we're gonna take a quick break need to get some of these breaks in because we went really long on that first segment so we'll take another break and then we're gonna listen to alfred edwards some of his comments from monday so we'll get into that more next on the full court press your first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. It's time for the big hunt, but what do you do after you bag your trophy game? 
This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20 cubic foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales, West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. All right, here we go, continuing our number two. Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson is out of studio at the moment. He's getting some audio from players that we'll be able to have for tomorrow. As we begin previewing Weber State, that will be a little more forward-looking tomorrow as we try and put this Alabama loss behind us. Finally, just just, just get it behind us. We, you just got to move on. One of the things that Coach Anderson said after the game, just don't let it linger. That was one of the points that you know I, I point out in my recap, kind of just from the notebook, is don't let this linger because if it does, it's going to be bad. Um, we're going to go ahead and play some audio that we have today from Alfred Edwards. He spoke with the media on Monday as did Ike Larson and Blake Anderson. We're going to go ahead and play that and uh, get some reactions from some of his thoughts on both Alabama and upcoming against Weber State. Al Lewis, KBNU, just as a player, though, you lose 55 to nothing. I mean, how do you feel about that, and what does that mean to you now to go into this next game, no matter who you played? Uh, obviously, it's really disappointing. Uh, definitely did not want uh, that game to go that way. Uh, we knew it was a really tough opponent. Obviously, a great program. Uh, they've been at the top since I can remember. So, uh, in that that regard, it's exciting, and it's definitely disappointing that uh, the game went that way. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to watch the film, uh, learn from it, then move on. Move on to Weber State. Hey, Alfred. Trent Wood with Deseret News. How physically challenging was playing against that Alabama defensive front? Obviously, really big dudes. Um, you know, I don't think uh, – I think we uh, definitely held our own as a uh, – online-wise, obviously, we had some really tough matchups. Uh, some, you know, some plays lost some matchups. But, uh, you know, obviously, just a really good team overall, you know. Uh, big, strong, fast dudes. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tough game in that regard. Uh, follow up on that, how 
How beneficial do you think it was to play against the guys that good, and how will it help you maybe heading into the further of this season? From an individual standpoint, uh, for each of us, you know, um, getting to see the best is, you know, you can see uh, where your flaws are, uh, where you need to improve, and that definitely helps you going uh, into later weeks of the season. So I feel like in the long run, it'll definitely be beneficial for us. Alfred, Brian Phillips, Big Blue USU Aggie News. Beyond obviously wanting to win this weekend, what would you like to see the offense accomplish moving into the Weber State game? You know, obviously we want to get back get back into our groove, man. Uh, you know, uh, first week we had a great rushing attack. You know, everything was uh, clicking uh, first week, you know, once we got going. So I think we just want to uh, get back into that rhythm this week. Alfred, Jake Ellis, Utah Statesman. Um, you kind of touched on it, but not giving up any sacks against some guys that are probably going to end up in the NFL. How does that feel? Like, is that something you're going to tell your kids in the future or something? Uh, man, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a, you know, pretty big goal for us uh, going into the game. Um, I just feel like we had a great, uh, had a great plan going into the game, protecting the passer, and I feel like uh, we did a, we did a pretty good job executing it. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing that we were definitely. Uh, you know, the good part that came out of that game, you know, we see we see we can, uh, you know, and from a passing standpoint, we can uh, hang with the best of them. So that was definitely a good thing to come out of that game. Alfred Al Lewis again. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, Wade Meacham's brother plays for Weber State. He's a tight end. Has there been any talk about that for the game this week with the guy who plays Dick Stewart, his brothers on the other team? Oh, yeah. I'm, I've known that for a long time now. Wade's been uh, talking about it for, for quite a while now. So, uh yeah, he, I know he's definitely excited. Uh, we're excited for this week. You know, we uh, a lot of dudes on the team play with uh, guys from Weber in high school and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a lot of relationships. You know, they're what like forty to five minutes away. So yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody's excited for this game. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Alfred Jake Ellis again. Um, you know, not not being from Utah, obviously you've been here a while and you've played Weber State, but how do you get that energy for an in-state game? Do you feel that weight from your opponents? Like, does is it important to them? Does it transfer to you? Or how did you pick up that kind of feeling? I mean, obviously, uh, every game's important to me. I want to win every game. And especially when it's an in-state opponent, uh, we definitely want to uh, – we're definitely excited for an in-state matchup. Uh, you know, there's a lot of – I know a lot of Weber State fans uh, just from, like, from being in – Utah for so long. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to be excited about. Patrick Mayhorn with the Ag Ship. What would what, the uh, coaching staff sort of ask of you as one of the veteran guys on the, you know, on the offense in the aftermath of this game where, you know, you kind of need to be a model for some of the younger guys to how to handle something like this? You know, our core values are uh, selfless, tough, and accountable. So, um, so it's really just being the same dude every day, you know, uh, where we get, you know, blown out or we win a win big. Uh, I just got to be the same dude every single day, uh, try to, you know, bring positive energy, lead our guys the right direction. So I'm just keep uh, doing what I've been doing and try to, you know, strive to get better every day. So that's Alfred Edwards from Monday. His thoughts on obviously losing to Alabama and also looking forward to Weber State. Uh, and he kind of touched on this. There are a lot of connections between Utah State and Weber State in terms of their players, mostly just guys who played at the same high schools, a couple who played at the same like junior colleges. Like, there's some guys that played at Snow College, and then there's a couple guys that played at, uh, I think, a junior college in Nevada or something like that. 
I posted a little table on Twitter, although I messed it up when I posted. I actually I accidentally included one of the Utah State players and said that they played for Weber State. So there, there is a mistake in there, but I kind of side-by-side, you know, which players both played at the same high school or the same junior college. Kind of broke that down. Um, and like I said, I think officially they said there were 39 connections. I don't know how they, like, calculate that, like, one player is, like, one connection or whatnot, because there's only, like, you know, 12, 15 high schools. Um, I say only. You know, that that players shared. Uh, obviously, the most notable that uh, Al asked about, Al Lewis, he said, you know, Wade Meacham and Hayden Meacham from, you know, Hayden Meacham for Weber State, they're brothers. Uh, there's a couple years in between them. I think they overlapped at Layton in 2014. I think uh, Hayden was a sophomore, Wade was a senior. So not a ton of overlap for them. It's not like they're twins and you know played their entire lives together. They had some overlap, and then Wade obviously playing at Utah State. Hayden is an, all, he's an all-conference tight end, all-big sky tight end for Weber State. Um, not super prolific in the passing game, but obviously there's a lot more to being a tight end than just passing or catching passes. Uh, but he did have 19 receptions last year. 450 yards, four touchdowns. Um, so obviously, you know, about a quarter of the time he caught the ball, it was for a touchdown. So they'll be playing each other. They won't step on the field at the same time. Unfortunately, won't be won't be quite like that. But it'll be fun. There's, you know, obviously I'm sure they're both talking about it. Wade and his brother are talking about it. You know, they're going to play each other. Maybe a bit of bragging rights for them. Uh, you know how well they each play. Uh, so we're going to take another quick break. We'll have one more break, and then we're going to get into some Region 11 stuff. We'll hit it really quick uh, before the end of the show. We'll have that next on the Full Court Press. This year's Grand Latino Festival is Saturday, September 17th on Center Street in Logan. All are invited to celebrate the Latin culture with delicious food, lively music, dancing in the streets, and cultural performances. Festivities get underway at 4 p.m. with a parade of flags and authentic Latin dress. Then work off the calories to everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. This year's Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn between $15 and $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses, and free health insurance. Members First Credit Union, our name says it all. Thermo Fisher Scientific, Thermo Fisher is hiring. Join their team today. iFit, a global company committed to diversity and inclusion, welcomes everyone to the Latino Festival. Bring your family, your friends, and especially your appetite to the Grand Latino Festival, Saturday, September 17th, starting at 4 p.m. on Logan Center Street. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. 
Cash Valley's Engagement Ring Store, where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze golden spike electric offers generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes golden spike electric is one of the largest generac dealers around so you know it'll be installed right whether you're a homeowner or an electrician contact golden spike electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016 They also service other models. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. All right, final minutes of the show. Jason Walker, all by my lonesome. Eric Franson is off collecting some. He's probably doing some interviews right now with a couple of players from Utah State. As well, uh, tomorrow we'll be looking forward to Weber State. With this Alabama loss behind us. But we're going to talk a little bit more about Region 11. I know Eric talked about that a little bit while I was uh, fielding some calls for the Old Grist Mill Bread and Butter play the game from Skyview's game. Skyview unfortunately lost that game 13 3. In fact, nearly everyone last week from Region 11 lost. As I said, Skyview lost 13 3 to Mountain Ridge. Green Canyon was shut out 24-0 by Morgan. Box Elder down Bear River 29-13 in the uh, the Golden Spike Classic, I believe is what that's called, the Golden Spike something. Uh, Bonneville defeated Mountain Crest 27-0. It's actually interesting. Three of Mountain Crest's four games have finished 27-0. They won their opening game 27-0. Then they lost their third game 27-0, and just barely lost his fourth game, 27-0. So that's apparently the score for Mountain Crest. If you're trying to predict the score for Mountain Crest, just predict 27-0. It's probably what it'll be. Uh, Ridgeline, the only victory of the week for uh, Region 11 teams, 21-20 over Minico. Um, I don't know. Did I mention Logan? Any? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. They're at the top of this list, and I scrolled past it. Logan loses 45-21 to Woods Cross. That was the game I called and wasn't very interesting. Logan scored all those points in the late third into the fourth quarter. Made it kind of interesting. At least they did stuff. Um, I believe Eric mentioned this. Preston lost to Star Valley 42-14. to uh, We did have another Cash Valley a couple of, you know, another Cash Valley victory. Westside wins 12-0 over Leighton Christensen. Um, then a few more scores from uh, around the area, Rich 42, Water Canyon 6, Malad 16, Reary 0, and Bear Lake 28, Lyman 0. But looking at, you know, Region 11, really struggling. And it's really left this region wide open, in my opinion. We're going to have, I think, a very interesting, you know, Region 11 schedule with almost anybody in this region can win it. So it's going to be a lot more open than we were thinking you know, just a few weeks back. That'll be it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.